0: This is a Hot Pie Media Original.
1: I have I have Mel. two little kids, and this that sounds like part of the conversation I've had with them. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And a lot of times I tell them, they hear this at least once a week, it's okay to feel what you feel, but you can't wow. express it that way. You have to find a different way of expressing it than, than throwing a temper tantrum and throwing yourself on the ground or or screaming and, and crying, there's a different way to express it. Um, am I, am I, am I yeah. helping or am I harming by telling them it's okay to feel that way, just don't express it that way?
0: Um, you're helping. Okay. Uh, number one, feeling, I mean, as a, as a man, as a father, giving your, your children permission to feel is fabulous. Fabulous. And you're maybe one of the first generations to have done it. My father certainly never said that. And um, uh, maybe people of my generation have started, but your generation is really, you got it. Okay. Then, you know, it's it's one thing to say it's okay to feel, but you can't express it that way, you know. But maybe you want to show them another way to express it. Maybe you want to say, when you're really mad and I get you're mad at me, you know, I understand it. I hear you. I want you to go in their room and I want you to hit your pillows or I want you to get out your little, um, whatever they have, that little rubber dip or little rubber bat or doll. They they do have those. Yeah. Just express it. Go in there and hit the bed. It's fine. It's fine. And they will do that. If you show them how to do it, go in there with them when they're having a tantrum and, and do it with them and say, great. Now, how do you feel? And after they've exhausted themselves, they're going to feel
1: pretty good. To the gray area. Here's your host, Aaron Cheatham. What up, guys? Welcome to the gray area with your boy, Aaron Cheatham, in the place to be. Today is a great day. Today is probably next to Christmas. This is probably the best day, the biggest day of the year for me, at least. I mean, and it's weird saying that because by the time you guys see this, it won't be today, but. Today is CM Punk Day, and you guys will see this next, if you see it at all. I don't know, like, we're not even not even on the Hot Pie channel on YouTube anymore, so if you can find it, if you found clearly you found it because you're here, but thank you for finding it, um, and it's CM Punk Day, though, like, I don't care. You might see this Wednesday, Thursday, a month from now, but today is CM Punk Day. Today is the day that CM Punk returns to wrestling, and I am so excited. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Uh, the cult of personality. I'm so excited, right? And for you guys that aren't wrestling fans, you're probably thinking this is really weird. I'm on some bullshit right now. But real talk, like, ima- imagine 1996, Michael Jordan returns to basketball. That feeling. When you heard... Yo, George leaving baseball and he's coming back to basketball. When you heard that, the excitement Exciting in, the, in the, air, the air, it got real godlike when you, but <laughs> <laughs> in the air. <laughs> that was the, exc- I can feel it coming in to hit me with the reverb. reverb. Air, air, tonight. air tonight. Oh no. <laughs> But that's what it's like, man. All right. So for those of y'all that don't know, CM Punk was a cultural icon. He left wrestling seven years ago. And for the past seven years, almost every WWE show over the past seven years, you've heard this man's name chanted. That's how much he was endeared by the fans. There's a good chunk of wrestling fans who left wrestling, who stopped watching wrestling altogether when CM Punk left. Because he was the voice of the voiceless. He's the guy that said all the things that you weren't supposed to say. He stood up for the little guy and he was just such a big personality, man. Like he's oh man. Like I can't even I, I was real talk, I was at one of his last WWE shows. He came here to Austin. Monday Night Raw was here in Austin. Um, and it was like within two weeks of of that show that he walked away from wrestling. Uh and then he had, you know, the podcast with Cole Cabana that really was the first wrestling podcast that ever went viral uh, where he laid out all his grievances and stuff that led to lawsuits and a whole bunch of other things. Then he went to UFC and got knocked the fuck out twice or just choked the fuck out. Um, and but that none of that even touched him because still through all of that all of the drama and the ups and downs last year, WWE announced that he was going to come be a part of uh, their backstage show on Fox when they signed a deal with Fox and the excitement, people were excited just to see him talk about wrestling. Now tonight, just like Jordan, CM Punk is returning to the United center in Chicago, his hometown. And if you know anything about this, do, do me a favor, look up, Uh, CM Punk entrance uh, money in the bank or just uh, CM Punk entrance Chicago before this before his music hit before a single note was hit 25,000 people were chanting this man's name so loud. That it felt like the building was going sh- like the building was shaking through the TV. You can feel the energy of people yelling his name at the top of his, their lungs before his music even hit. And when his music hit, the roof literally came off of the building. He went down, he fought John Cena in a match where they have uh, uh, signs hanging up, "If punk loses, we riot." And they meant that. This is 2011, all right? This man beat John Cena on his last day in the company for the WWE Championship, hopped the barricade, blew a kiss to John Cena, ran through the fans, out of the building, into a car that was waiting outside, and drove the fuck off, and people lost their minds. He returned a month later and was the hottest thing wrestling had seen since the peak, well, I'd even say this is like, to be honest, the pop he got was probably higher than, than it's on Rock Cena level. Not Cena, Rock, uh, Rock Stone Cold level. Like at the height of Rock Stone Cold, at the height of Hulk Hogan, his popularity was on that level. The excitement people had for him were on, was at that level. Listen to me talk right now. I'm excited. This man hasn't been in a ring in seven years. Tonight, he returns to United Center in uh in, in Chicago. It's already happened by the time you watch this, but I tell you what, I'm gonna pop. I'm gonna pop. I'm watching that show with bated breath, sitting on the edge of my seat, waiting for it. Today's the day, people. You've been chanting for this for seven fucking years. Tonight's the night we get it. CM Punk is back. And I can't contain myself, goddammit. Woo! I'm so excited. Yo, did you see G, did you see um that Ric Flair was trending? Uh Two days ago, nope. did you see why he was trending? I did not. Though, oh my goodness. I'm going to show you. Um, shout out to Ric Flair. That's my shout out of the week. Uh, there's a picture uh, that surfaced two days ago um, that was not Ric Flair, but it looked a hell of a lot like Ric Flair having a good time on a train. He was he was definitely on his way to Space Mountain, and God bless Ric Flair. For not only like was he trending for this and, I, and like everybody else, when I saw Ric Flair was trending, it was like, oh, man, this. please don't let Rick be gone. Like, you know, I, you know, this first thing you think of, you think of Ric Flair is like, oh, man, come on, what could it be? And then then you click on it. And I was so relieved to see. Why he was trending, because it's the most Ric Flair reason to be trending. Did you just look it up? I did. <laughs> Can you put the picture on the screen? <laughs> Can you... Oh, it's the best reason. Okay, hang on. Yes. He's living his best life. He is living his best life. That's not even him, but I'm. he is definitely living his best life. Oh, did these... Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Ric Flair, living my best life. <laughs> Ain't got time to... put his best and Living his best life. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. And this is when this is when Twitter's at its best cuz that picture surfaced and then all you have to do is just scroll through Twitter like everything under trending and all the pictures and all the comments, you know, of it it was oh if you yeah, like if you need a pick-me-up just go go look at why Rick Flair was trending and then scroll through the comments, scroll through everything everybody was posting uh and you too will be living your best life. Oh God bless Ric Flair. He showed up in Mexico on Saturday. He showed up in Mexico. He got released from WWE a week and a half ago. And he showed up in Mexico at uh at Triple Mania, which is like their biggest, uh, it's um, CMLL and uh AAA's uh biggest show of the year. It's, it's their WrestleMania. He was there with his soon to be son in law, Andrade El Idolo, who I effing love. He's engaged to uh, Charlotte Flair and uh Nobody knew Rick was going to be there. And Andrade El Idolo comes out, and then Ric Flair comes out there with his future son-in-law and walks him to the ring in his ringside with him in a match versus Kenny Omega. Yo, Ric Flair is legit living his best life. It was amazing to see him come out with his future son-in-law and then to see him get in the ring and have a moment with uh, Kenny Omega where him and Andrade are chopping him back and forth. Then they hit a figure four. Uh, Rick puts it on... uh, What was it? Conan? Was it Conan? It might have been Conan. I I don't think it was Conan. I could be wrong. But Ric Flair's got a figure four going on. Andrade idolo has got one going on. This is a very wrestling-centric start to the show. I apologize for those of y'all that aren't into wrestling. But just be into my excitement and understand that what I'm telling you, this shit is great right now. If you're not a wrestling fan, if you were and you used to be, and now you're trying to get... You're kind of on the fence about it. Right now is the time. If you had any interest ever before it doesn't this is as interesting as wrestling is going to be for a long time like wwe's on the way down they have they've done a lot i mean i talked about it on this show i stopped watching their weekly stuff i watched their pay-per-views i stopped watching the weekly things because of the creative freaking direction was going nowhere and they weren't paying off fans for our dedication and our and our commitment to the product The ratings have been going through the floor. On the opposite end, though, AEW, this new company that's been around for two years, has been on the incline. They've done everything that fans want to see out of a wrestling promotion. It has been phenomenal, right? My friend Thunder Rosa's over there killing it, right? They've taken people that I've seen perform here in Austin and around Texas for years and they put them on TV and made them stars, right? And then today, today, They are bringing back CM Punk and Brian Danielson's coming there. And there's a good chance Adam Cole will be there after this weekend. This is, look, this is SummerSlam weekend. This is the biggest show of the year for WWE. Tomorrow is the biggest show of the year because WrestleMania was in limited capacity. So they're putting SummerSlam on as their big show for this year. And it is being overshadowed by CM Punk showing up at our wrestling show tonight. That's how big of a deal this is. Y'all, man, we got a great show for you. We got a great show for you guys. Hopefully, you get to see it. Um, shout out! One last thing: trending, trending in the uh, in the in the news on the interwebs this week. Uh, G, did you hear that uh, OnlyFans is banning sexual content on their website? Yep, October. October, they are getting rid of sexual content. You know. They rode the backs of these sex workers to a payday, and now, they, now they're kicking them to the curb. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. This, Who do you think is going to stick around? Anyways, guys, I'm starting an OnlyFans page, so uh, please check me out. Support me over there on OnlyFans. It'll be me um, telling jokes with a, with, a, with a t-shirt on. Ain't nothing sexy about that at all. Trust me. Trust me. Well, that's that's it for the trending, Uh, big show lined up for you guys this week. I hope you enjoy our interview with a. We're bringing on a fellow Hot Pie member. All right, this is a fellow. This is the host of a fellow show right here on the Hot Pie Media Network. Stop self sabotage, Pat Pearson, joining us right here. All right, guys, our guest this week comes from the Hot Pie Media family. Uh, She is a mental. Oh Lord. Hold on, I'm going to pause. Wait, the MSS <laughs> it was mental. Uh, hold on, don't tell me mental science, social work, right? Degr- I a, have an
0: MSSW. There you go. Stanford. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say
1: she has an MSSW. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I yeah, which stands for um um. I
1: forgot. See me? Okay, ain't um, just me. <laughs> 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 we are off to the worst start. We're gonna run this back, but we this are is really awesome. <laughs>
0: okay. My mental health is a little bit okay. So it stands for a masters.
1: There it is. In work,
0: yeah, okay. masters of science and social work, MSSW, University of Texas in the Arlington. And when I've told people about this before, we were laughing about it earlier. A lot of people go MSSW. What is that? And several people have said to me, "A master's in swimming." I mean, what is that? But it's really it's a mental health degree. It's a it's a degree that allows me to be a clinician and work with people for their, their mental betterment. Awesome. So there you go.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. try to give you a better introduction than than what I just did because that was bumbly fumbly. <laughs> That's good. Oh, me just drip. My tongue fell out of my mouth and walked across the table, and you were like, "That was good. That was good." Make your face (laughs) fall again, please. Have another stroke on air. (laughs) It was real. Well, our guest this week, uh, fellow member of the Hot Pie family, she has the show uh, Stop Self Sabotage. She's a mental health expert uh, with a master's of science and social work. It is Pat Pearson.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be on the gray area. It's, yeah. it's good for me. Make it a little less gray. Let's uh, clean clean up the gray a little
1: bit here. Oh, no. <laughs> we've, it- we've opted for dark this week. We've gone very dark. We, we've, you know, ah, yes, we okay. are in the, the darker shades of gray. If you're if you're <laughs> I don't know what shade of gray um, you guys like to hang out in. But right now we're hanging out in the darker shades of gray. <laughs> Write a book about that. It'll be a bestseller. In fact, I go. might. Darker shades of gray. I like that. Um, how, how are you doing today? You having a good day?
0: So far, yeah. Uh,
1: out there yeah. in sunny San Diego right now?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to the zoo later on. Ooh. How about
1: that? I hear they have a great yeah. zoo. Have you been there before?
0: I have, yeah. Is it yeah. a great zoo? It is, it's an it's amazing zoo. Yeah, it's a great zoo.
1: Yeah. I took my kids to the Austin Zoo uh, a couple of years ago, and all the animals were asleep. Not a great zoo. Not a great zoo. Um, you yeah. know, when my, at the time, three-year-old can shout down a lion, it is not a great zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, let's get out of here. This is trash. He's like, there's no yeah. reason a three-year-old should be able to yell at a lion and roar at him. <laughs> <laughs> and the lion not even lift his head. Like, I was like, oh, let's get out of here. These aren't real animals. That's a he dude in the zoo. Oh, God. Another
0: three-year-old. Okay.
1: Yeah, right? No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they see him all
1: the time for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure my son's not the first one to go, I'm a lion. So <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he is. I, I don't, or nor the last, so. nor the anyway. last, Well, we brought you on yeah. uh, to talk about uh, some mental health stuff. I mean, especially uh, today, nowadays um, with mental health, it's kind of like moved to the forefront in the past couple of years where it wasn't the topic that wasn't really talked about a lot before. But with the pandemic and then uh, with Simone Biles in the Olympics a couple of weeks ago, uh, really bringing mental health to the forefront. I mean, I think the discussion really got uh, hot and heavy between, uh, with her and Naomi Osaka when both of them said they weren't going to compete for mental health reasons. There was a lot of pushback, but then there was also a lot of acceptance. So I think right now um, right. this is a conversation that I think a lot of people are having more openly than before. Um, what are your thoughts on I guess you could say the state of mental health in America right now.
0: Well, the the truth is the state of mental health in America is not good. It really isn't. I mean, um, if you look at the um, stressors and the amounts of mental health issues, I did a little research before we're talking here. Um, They found that four out out of ten people have increased anxiety and depression since covid since the pandemic that's a 400 percent rate increase prior to the pandemic 400 percent. wow so it's it's all and this is from today new york times reporting um and 60 percent of those people are going without treatment so you know it's a lot of numbers a lot of numbers the- and um you know, there's things you can do that uh, will help you pretty, pretty quickly. So cool.
1: do you think that it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like the isolation is what caused that that people went through or, or are there other factors uh, at play?
0: Oh, there's a lot of factors. Um, you know, truly, there's a lot of factors. Isolation is certainly one of them and, um, and a huge one for the elderly and uh, and people who were single. Um, that didn't have, you know, hadn't created close friends around them. Uh, that, I mean, that that was a real bad cutoff. Um, and from that, what you're seeing is uh, sleeping problems, uh, appetite problems, um, changes in physical uh, activity. You know, a lot of a lot less exercise, a lot more alcohol. Uh, the 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 increased physicality or the reduced physicality during pandemic has caused a lot of people to be depressed and and anxious. And so it's a, you know, it's a true worry. It really is. And, and they found that 70% um, of us, all of us have increased stress because of it. So, you know, you had all your stress before, right? Right. Now you got seventy percent more. And that's a that's a tough one to handle. It really is.
1: It feels like we were already on track to, for potentially an increase of uh, mental health issues in this country going into the pandemic. It feels like the way that um, society is here. Uh, it, it's it's a recipe for people to have stress, like, you know, be overstressed. Uh, and have all types like were we already on track for this to continue? Like were the numbers trending higher before the pandemic started? Like with all of the uh, I mean, just look at a work week and all the stresses people go through, the lack of leisure time, you know, work life balance is way out of whack in this country. Um, right. Do you think we right. were already heading in this direction and the and the pandemic just exasperated aspirated even more?
0: I think you're absolutely right. And I think the truth is, is that we have been there for a long time. But because of the stigma of talking about it, because of the stigma of saying, hey, whoa, wait, I need some help here. Um, I mean, really, you know, just to ask for a life raft to be thrown out, uh, that uh, that has been broken through by a number of people. You mentioned the two Olympic athletes, but uh, uh, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, you know, some celebrities have talked about openly um, their uh, mental health crisis and uh, and they're doing a great job of that because the more they do it the more uh, the more it becomes okay to do it so the katherine zeta jones who talks about bipolar disorder and michael phelps talks about his depression and anxiety i mean these are top notch athletes, which he's top notch athletic olympic gold medalist but even the best of the best struggles with this. So it's not isolated to just regular people like you and I, I mean, it is, uh, it's pervasive everywhere.
1: That's interesting, especially cause like I'm, I'm older. Uh, so I remember a time when, when there was a, a the stigma against, you know, mental health or saying you're depressed or anything like that was like, you wouldn't admit it. Because if anything, right. like you would lose out on opportunities or you would be looked at as weak uh, if you said you had any type of mental health issue or even just I needed a, a day, a break, a mental day. Like that's not that wasn't a thing coming up. Like you were definitely looked as less than. Um, yeah. Do you yes. see that? Do you see that turning around a little bit more now because of these well, uh, celebrities? I,
0: hope, I think so. And I hope so, because the truth is every one of us will hit a day like that. You know, what's happened, I think, is we've gone into a collective cultural grief scenario. And when I say grief, what I'm talking about is, um, you know, you can grieve anything. It doesn't have to be a death. You can grieve loss of going to your workplace, loss of going to your favorite place for for dinner, you know, loss of your kids getting out of your house and going to school. (laughs) All of those our grief agendas. So I think we've been in a national state of of grief. And um there's a there's a interesting um and you probably heard this before, but there's an interesting five step six step program with grief. I mean number one is denial. Mm-hmm. We denied it. And if you remember, I mean the first month of the pandemic, right? It was just like a snow day. <laughs> I mean everybody was just like off, you know? Yeah. Hey. Have fun, you know, come on over, you know, or not come over, but don't come over, but have a glass of wine where we got a free day off. We don't have to go. To, and and so there was a kind of um fun part of it in that point. And then it got very old and very um, draggy. But uh, so there, the first part was denial. Denial is first stage of grief. It's not happening or won't happen for long. We'll get out of it. Then you go into bargaining. And bargaining is when you have an agenda, you bargain back and forth and you just say, um, okay, I'll do this, but I won't do that. I'll try this. I'll go out with, with my friends in this one little pod, but I won't venture anywhere else. So we bargained to find some hope or some way of exercising or being together. Then you hit depression, sadness, then an anger. And, you know, I'd like to talk about that for a second. Absolutely. Because I don't don't think people understand the difference. Um, Now, to my mind, we all went through this in different ways and different intensities. It was a national um, year and a half of grief. And so once you get through bargaining and you can find maybe where you can get a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of release, but then you go into depression. And depression versus sadness is a very interesting thing. Depression is lack of feeling. You go numb. It's just Hmm. like the Bambi in the headlights, you know, just. um, That's a good that's good
1: that you pointed that out, because I think a lot of people don't recognize that for what it is.
0: It is. I mean, it's like you don't want to do anything. You have no energy. You lack purpose. You lack motivation. Um, you know, I can make anyone depressed. <laughs> if you want to be depressed, just come home, stay inside, put on the TV, eat junk food and lie around for a couple of days.
1: If you really want and to be depressed, look at my bank account and you might take your own life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, hopefully they won't do that. Yes. Don't look but, at my money. Um, yeah. But the depression basically is is the lack of the things that give us joy, you know? And and a giving up inside, you know, just like, oh well, just take me, that's it. So it's it's a not feeling place. People think that um that you're really sad when you're depressed, but not necessarily. The the truth about depression is you're flat. Have you ever talked to anybody and you you go, hey, how you doing? They go, uh, no, I'm okay. You can hear it in their voice. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely. And, and just, I
0: mean, you know, they're not. They're usually more up or bubbly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. And you go, <laughs> I don't think so. Right, right. Um, so okay, that's depression. Sadness is when you cry. You just cry. You let it out. You break through or you break down. And you and you, you say, I've had it. I can't take it. I'm just too stressed, you know. Um, uh, I was having trouble sleeping the other night. And I was just, I just was at the edge of, you know, and I just started crying. And it wasn't for any one reason, but it just started crying. And as I cried, what happened is I relaxed. And as I relaxed, I fell asleep. So the key here, and what I want to really stress in, in this little synopsis of mental health, is that you gotta feel what you feel. And you have to you have to express it. And then there's anger, you know, and people are pissed off. I mean, they're mad. Mm-hmm. They're mad that they have to wear masks. They're mad that they well, some states they don't, but um, they're mad that they don't uh can't do what they used to do, they're mad that they've missed opportunities. Um, they're mad that their kids are at home <laughs> at school you know I mean they're mad right, and they have a right and they have a right to be mad. they have a right to protest um, then the last stage is resolution that's when you come to an acceptance of the loss, and I think that the whatever wave we 're in, fourth, fifth, two hundred and thirty we're going to have to accept that viruses are going to be with us for a long time. This is not over. And, um, and I think there's, a, I think there's a, a real stress with that. You know, people yeah. want it to be over, but they have to accept. And the resolution is, I finally accept I can't change the world. All I can change is myself, and I accept that I've had a loss here. And uh, and then I'm going to go on and recreate my life in some new ways. So I think that's the grief cycle: denial, bargaining, um, depression, sadness, anger, resolution. And as your listeners are listening, you should think about: well, gosh, which one of those am I in? You know, am I sad? Am I depressed? Uh, am I angry? And you can you can cycle through all of them in a short period of time. But, you know, me, that's
1: those. Are the issues. So let me uh, add this, because it seems like when you uh, broke down the difference between depression and sadness, um, to me, based off of your definition, the difference is depression is stagnant. It's stationary, whereas sadness, there is a movement, whether you're breaking down or you're having to break through. There is movement. There is some type of force behind it, but with depression, you're kind of sedentary and and that's the difference.
0: You're right. You're well said, well said. And when I'm working with people, you know, doing, doing therapy, doing coaching um, the first thing I try to do is to get them to talk about some of their anger. If they're depressed, if you scratch it very hard, what you're going to find is some anger in there or, or some sadness and once you get them to express that they start moving through the depression
1: okay allow yeah. allow me to play devil's advocate here cuz uh because of the conversation about mental health being moved forward um I, i'm again playing devil's advocate here um i think there are people that that could counter that by saying that some of these people are using mental health issues as an excuse and you know, because because it's kind of at that point right now, if anybody brings up mental health, that you kind of have to back off where you're seen as insensitive. Um, so I, I think that there are a group of people probably from my generation and older that look at uh, the younger kids using mental health uh, or claiming they have mental health issues as an excuse and that they need to toughen up. What do you what do you say? To, is, do you have a reaction to that?
0: Well, it's I mean <clears throat> I guess the, the problem I have with that kind of general statement, to be honest, is that it, it may be true for some people. It may not be true for others. You you mean you kind of have to dive into it personally, mm-hmm. you know. Um I I do think that anybody who's in a struggle, whether it's a struggle of resistance, like they're resisting work they're resisting doing things that are just using mental health as a cover. Okay. Or whether they're really in a struggle with mental health, both of those options would need someone to help them talk it through to get, because both of them are go nowhere. You know, if you're, if you're just using it to cover up and you're lazy or you're trying to get out of something that doesn't, that doesn't work either. That's a self-sabotage. You know, it's going to be found out in time. But if you're really struggling, if you're really depressed, if you're really stuck, then that is something that needs to be talked through. And um, there's a there's a little uh, quick thing to look at. I think you might like it's called. And when I'm working with folks, I call it feel, deal and heal. Feel it, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Feelings are facts. They're not up here. I mean, you can debate them all day long, but you can say, nah, I'm not really angry. Oh, really? <laughs> you know? So, but um, you have to accept them if you want to get through them. So, feel it, whatever it is, feelings or facts. And they only go two ways either in or out. If they go in, you're going to have complications physically. We we'll can talk about that in a minute. But so, feel it, deal with it which means express it, talk about it, run and cry if you need to, protest, get out your baseball
1: bat and beat the pillows. to death. <laughs> not the pillows.
0: <laughs> beat the pillows, you know?
1: They're for decoration, um, not beating.
0: <laughs> kill people in your shower. That's what I do. Get your wash rag and get it all full of soap and say, I've had it with you. I'm, you're fired. And express it. OK, that's where the movement comes from. So you feel it, you deal with it, which is expression, and then you heal, which is release. So I that's have, the
1: quick. I have, I have two little kids and this that sounds like part of the conversation I've had with them. I have a three year old and a five year old. And a lot of times I tell them they hear this at least once a week. It's OK to feel what you feel, but you can't right. express it that way. You have to find a different way of expressing it than than throwing a temper tantrum and throwing yourself on the ground or or screaming and and crying. There's a different way to express it um am i am i am yeah. I helping or am I harming by telling them it's okay to feel that way? Just don't express it that way
0: um, you're helping okay um, number one feeling i mean as a, as a man, as a father. Giving your your children permission to feel is fabulous, fabulous, and you're maybe one of the first generations to have done it. My father certainly never said that, and um, uh, maybe people of my generation have started. But your generation is really you got it. Okay, then you know it, it, it's it's one thing to say it's okay to feel, but you can't express it that way. You know. But maybe you want to show them another way to express it. Maybe you want to say, when you're really mad and I get you're mad at me, you know, I understand it. I hear you. I want you to go in their room and I want you to hit your pillows or I want you to get out your little um, whatever they have, that little rubber dip or little rubber bat or doll. They
1: they do have have those.
0: Yeah. Just express it. Go in there and hit the bed. It's fine. It's fine. And they will do that if you show them how to do it, go in there with them when they're having a tantrum and and do it with them and say, great. Now, how do you feel? And after they've exhausted themselves, they're going to feel pretty good.
1: Okay. Okay. I don't know. Like I I never thought of saying go hit something because I felt like that might then say that violence is okay. Um.
0: Well, you can be clear about it. It's okay to express your feelings in this fashion, as long as you don't hurt yourself okay. and you don't hurt anyone else. That's the parameters. Let me tell you something: people, most people I know, need to go and beat the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> really, they do. They need a good protest. You remember? Just
1: make um, sure your you wife's not in bed. it when you're beating the bed. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, there's some days, there. but yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a whole nother issue. Okay? <laughs> but, uh, no, being with her in it. Is, that's right. so, <laughs> there was a, there was a film called network. I don't know if you remember it. Or remember Sandra Bullock it, movie. It, huh?
1: Was it a Sandra Bullock oh. movie? Oh, okay.
0: No, no, it's older. And there was a guy in there who would come out and he would yell. Um, I can't take it anymore. I'm mad and I can't take it anymore. And then he got the whole apartment building to start yelling at every morning, but that's what I'm talking about. you know the Japanese have a room we uh, see uh, corporations had a room in which you could go and just padded everything and you could beat that the heck out of everything and 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 everyone you know um really and that was that was an accepted practice yes, yes, so protest but within boundaries, you know, don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt anyone else because your kids don't know what to do with it. Right. it's Okay. But they can't do it that way. So let's take it one more step Mm -hmm. and show them how they can do it. And then here's the really important part after they do it and do it the way you've told them to give them a big hug and tell them they're doing it right. Okay. Okay. Their mental health just went up eighty percent, and
1: I'll send you a bill. <laughs> please don't. Please remember my bank account. Let's not. I, you unless you want <laughs> unless you want to see me professionally. Please don't send me a bill. Oh <laughs> uh,
0: jeez. In,
1: in fact, bill at the hot pie. Let's do that. Let's let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's get their mental health up.
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. With with the what what advances have we had in the mental health field? Because I feel like probably I feel that the reason so many more um, people have been diagnosed with mental health issues is because there have been greater advances in mental health to identify things. Um, is that true? And if so, what advances have we seen or is it the same as it's always been?
0: Um, well, it's not the same. Okay. Um, there, there, I'm sure there have been advances in terms of um, assessment. Um, But I think for the norm... Let me make a differentiation here. There are people who really need to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a mental health professional to talk about their problems. You know, that they have gotten to a point where they feel they can't handle them. And so they need need some assistance. And for those people, that's what they need to do. Okay, they absolutely... For the general walking wounded, <laughs> all of us, you know, there are some specific techniques, and I can talk about these in a second, that can help us without going to a professional. But I just want to go on record that if you are feeling deeply depressed, uh, you can't get over it, you're so sad, you can't stop crying, you feel so enraged every day, that's where you live, then you need to see a professional. And there are new drugs for anxiety and depression that are fabulous, that work very well. Um, And there's, there's research too, that if you've been depressed for over six months, you've changed your brain chemistry. Hmm. So you, you do need to see a psychiatrist who is the only mental health professional that can, um that can uh, give you a, a prescription for drugs. So, Without a question, if you're in that category uh, and there are a lot of new drugs that help and help and help quickly, you know, Uh, I'll tell you a personal story. Okay. Um, When my brother, my my younger brother died suddenly um, a number of years ago. And, you know, that was that was horrible and it was a shock and I understood I was going to be you know, go through the grief stages. I mean, I'm a therapist, you know, I knew what I was going to be doing. So I thought I was handling it. I thought I was going through them pretty well, you know, it takes a little time, of course. But then my friend started to tell me, you know, Pat, you just seem off. You just don't seem like yourself. And I went, well, yeah, come on. yeah, maybe. So denial, you know, that kind of stuff. But finally I said, well, I think you may have something here. Because there's a phrase in psychology I like, and it says it takes two to see one. It takes somebody else sometimes to say to you, hey, man, you know, you're just not you. There's something going on here. You know, we got to look, you know, let's look at it. So my friends did that. And so I went to um, a psychiatrist and I got on um, a light antidepressant. And within weeks, it lifted me. It lifted my gloom. It lifted the the haze, the brain fog, the inability to really care. You know, my my care muscle was broken at the time. So anyway, so it got me back on track. And I stayed on it for, I'm not sure how long, six months, eight months. Then I very systematically got off it. And I've never been on it since. But there are times that you need that. And your brain needs it. So I what I would say to everyone listening is don't take the chance. You know, you can get on a Zoom call with a doctor. And, and there's some great online therapists these days. One is called BetterHelp.com. And it is treating people over Zoom. So with, with professionals. I mean, absolutely licensed, qualified professionals. And, um, they're going I think they already are part of the hot pie family, but, uh, so call them, you know, BetterHelp.com.
1: Calm is another one. Uh, I believe they're in the UK, but calm, uh, is another yeah. one that helps out with, uh, people with mental health, uh, issues. I believe they do it well, that, online as well.
0: Isn't that an app? Don't you just listen to it or is there, No, there, there,
1: there's an app, but I think in the UK, cause I, I watch a lot of YouTube stuff from the UK accidentally. Yeah. And uh, they have one uh, there called it's a rustling thing. I fell into it, but they, I know they would do like um, fundraisers for the uh, for the organization over there.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Um, so, that, yes, there are new drugs. Yes, there is help. Yes, it's come a long way. But there's also things people can do right now. You know, so um, cannabis. Wanna try-
1: does cannabis help?
0: Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're in California. You can say that.
0: I can say it. And I can. Yeah. Yeah. It does help. It does help. Um, and a lo- there's a lot of treatment for particularly sleep disorders with cannabis from regular MDs walking around who are now um, got wind that it's better than benzodiazepine, benzos or, or Valium or any of this other stuff that's very addictive, Ambien. Those are not great drugs anymore. So anyway, um, I want to show you something. This okay. is kind of fun. So for anxiety, ready? Yep. Got any anxiety? You're thinking about the, the beach and your kids and they're going to wear you out, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got okay. a lot of anxiety. Well, I have a lot of things that could trigger anxiety in my life right now.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Here's what I do with people for anxiety. Very simple. I want you to, I want you to put your feet on the floor. If they're not on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now I want you to sit a little bit erect and push into your feet, feel, feel the pressure into your feet. And now I just want you to breathe, breathe deeply, just like, take three deep breaths, push into your feet. And as you push and as you exhale, just think I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. It's leaving. Okay, a couple more deep breaths. Don't fall asleep on me. <laughs> Stay with it. <this. laughs> All right. Deep breath, exhale. The real thing here is exhale. Push it out. Push it into your feet. Okay, push your feet down to the ground. Lean forward if you need to. And then think, let it go. Just let it go. Okay. How do you feel? Lighter? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel lighter. A little bit I don't know, a little bit clearer. To be yeah. honest. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah, if I feel I feel a little lighter. And I feel like you were talking about brain fog and I have definitely be walk I've definitely been walking around with um London levels of brain fog. Uh <laughs> But I feel like I can see I like my like um my mental visibility has extended a little bit after doing that.
0: Yeah, and how easy was that? I mean you can do that and you can do that anywhere, anytime. So you're on the beach, the kids are driving you crazy. It's dad, 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 da, da, da. Dad, you know, just make sure if you're sitting down on your bottom, just put your feet up, push them into the sand or the or the blanket. Three, four. Five breaths and exhale.
1: Now if we start getting up to like 17, 18, 20 exhales to get me there. Do I need to see somebody? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, you just need to keep doing it. But this is called a grounding exercise. Okay. And, and, and what happens is when people get anxious, they go up, uh, 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 you know, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, and you may not do that physically. But inside, you're doing that. So what happens is this brings you down because the only stability we have is the ground, right? There's no stability here. Um, So as you come down and you push into your feet, I'm sitting in a chair where my feet don't even reach. But um, you push into your feet. You ground your energy. And then you exhale. And you exhale the stress, exhale the demands, exhale the the uh, the concerns. Now, that doesn't mean they go away; they don't, but then what that does mean is in those moments afterwards, you have a mental clarity and a feeling of stability that you may not have had.
1: see, I like that um i like that I like that exercise. Thank you for teaching us that um Because I'm, I'm, I, I'm not anti-drug, but I just, there's just so many people that are walking around on, um, mood altering, uh, you know, prescription Mm -hmm. drugs. And especially with the opioid crisis we've had, like, I've never been a big, uh, drug guy. I feel like there's, I feel like there are probably a lot of ways that we can handle, um, these issues without going to pharmaceuticals. and that's why I asked yes. about cannabis, um, you know, if there's other ways, because if there's anything that you can do to help heal yourself, as opposed to, cause I feel like the drug is a quick fix, but it doesn't actually fix the problem. Uh, you know, it, it's something that people You're take right. and they pop this. And then we got a bunch of zombies walking around who aren't feeling what they really feel. They're hiding their feelings. They're not addressing their real feelings, uh, by using the drugs, uh, Am, how far off am I? And are there other ways that we can that we can help heal ourselves as opposed to medicating ourselves?
0: Well, the answer is yes, there are other ways. And that's one of the things I just taught you, you know, just demonstrated. If you're feeling anxious, you can do grounding exercises. You can, of course, do all the things we already know. Exercise, um, yoga, meditation, um, talking to a friend. All of these are healing, um, you know, endeavors. And just say this: there is a time for drugs. Okay. And my my example, of course, for me was that I couldn't pull myself out of the depression, even though I was a mental health professional, even though I knew the steps, even though, even though, and I, you know, I'm a human being just like anyone else. And the death of my brother, baby brother. Suddenly, at age 42, threw me into a spiral that I couldn't get myself out of. So at that point, getting the help I did to recalibrate my brain was a good thing to do.
1: I think that makes sense.
0: If I'd stayed on it for 20 years, now we're looking at a crutch. So you get on it, you get stabilized, and you get off. And I agree that the drugs alone don't change behavior. They just give you the mental resources to learn the skills you need to learn to change the behavior.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But if you're over medicating yourself, that's just another form of mental illness. Yeah.
1: And so then you need another medicine for the medicine that you're on to help. No.
0: No, I mean, that's not what they do. I mean, you know, if you, if you take it to the extreme, if you're an alcoholic, if you're drug addicted, they're going to put you in rehab and they're going to get you off the stuff, you know, but they're going to do it sequentially, step by step by step. They're not going to just withdraw it and throw you into a, some kind of psychic, right. psychotic world. You know, they're, I mean, good professionals know how to get you off drugs. And I don't think that the idea of mental health is to make everybody a zombie, at least not my idea. My idea is to empower people to understand they have choices and those choices will define them and to help them get better choices, which means dealing with their feelings, quit avoiding them, quit pretending they're not there. They rule.
1: I think that's, a, that's part of the rule. problem. That is part of the problem is I don't think, I think that there are too many, too many times that we, uh, instead of sitting down and dealing with it, we look for the easiest way to get past this as opposed to like, um, like we had a, uh, we had a, uh, um, oh Lord, a spiritual uh, healer on the show. And she talked about doing shadow her. work. She was quite good. I oh yeah. Her. Melissa, yep. Melissa's great. I love her. Um, and, you know, she had recommended to me, you know, doing shadow work and really sitting down and it's hard work. And I think that uh, just from trying it and, and going down that road, uh, the self and the, the reflection and looking inside of yourselves at are Uh, and trying to heal those wounds that we have is hard and it's scary and it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy road to go. And, but I believe that ultimately that's the way that we need to go. if We actually want to get past some of our roadblocks, some of our mental health issues. It's a lot of self inflection and looking inside um, for the answers. But like you said, like you said, I think it's a crutch. You're
0: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. No, no, you're right. And at some point in time, you can speed up that process by, you know, having some set number of sessions. Let's say with a mental health professional who knows what they're doing, right? Because I was I was talking to a woman yesterday. Uh, I was doing a Zoom call with a group of women from Africa and Egypt and London and Scotland. I mean, it was an international call, and this lovely woman from some one of those countries. Said um, that she had journaled about her abuse, and she had journaled for for years about the abusive uh, uncle, whatever it was, and um, and as she had spent all these years journaling, she had emerged um, with resolution about it and had forgiven him, which is wonderful. However. What's not so wonderful about that is taking 10 years to do it. So with someone who knows what they're doing, that you can speed that process up tremendously. And, you know, here's the other thing. I want people to start thinking of mental health as an investment. You know, if you've got a great deal on a house or a stock and you knew it was going to go up and you invested in it, you would be prepared to, to reap that investment and feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you no, know, mental health is it, it's it's personal real estate. You're buying real estate that will appreciate. You never get crazier than you are. <laughs> you only if you invest, get better.
1: Are you sure? Because I feel a lot bit crazier <laughs> in the past five years. I feel like, you know, I've reached a new level. Well, I don't know. Have you invested in yourself? I mean I mean Yeah, a little bit. A
0: okay. Bit, a
1: little well, a, a little bit, you know. Just, you know, changes in life. I think change uh changes in life have um added to craziness uh over here on this side. Of life, course. Life yeah. changes definitely.
0: Yeah. Well it's a you know, it's a personal choice. It's a but it's an investment. And uh, the people I know who've done it, um and myself have always felt, you know, that I got value from my investment. So invest in yourself. You're everybody's as important as stock or real estate.
1: You know what? That is fantastic. We, uh, we have to get out of here pretty soon. Um, let me give you an opportunity to talk about your show, uh, stop self-sabotage. Ah,
0: yes. Well, if people have enjoyed our little conversation today, then please come on over and listen to stop self-sabotage. Sab- Um, it's based on a book I wrote a number of years ago that became a bestseller. And it's really about how people get in their own way. And, you know, I have on guests just like you do and, um, wonderful guests, uh, Mm -hmm. that talk about everything from gratitude to conflict resolution to marital magic, you know, I mean, we, we do the whole thing. Um, I have a, a wonderful woman coming on, um, for, um, Who's a widow from 9 um, uh, 11? She's gonna talk about healing trauma and what, what went, she went through. Okay. So, oh, I had one, one woman, my first one, oh, this was crazy, who had been shot in the head by terrorists and then recovered and built a life again. So, you think you're having a bad day?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. Not that bad at all. Not
0: that bad. No, not that bad. So, the show is a mental health show. It's all about personal development. It's all about learning something new um, in the area of stopping self-sabotage. So I hope people come and listen. I
1: hope yes. you guys thank do, you. too. I've, I've actually checked out a couple of episodes and I've enjoyed myself. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And please, please go check out Stop Self-Sabotage, guys, right here on Hot Pie Media Network. Um, doctor, Do I say doctor or I'm messing up again. Okay, Pat, Pat, it's been. I'm your friend, Pat, Pat
0: Pearson.
1: (laughs) Yo, Y'all check my homie Pat Pearson out (laughs) over at at Stop Self-Sabotage. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your knowledge. And I I feel like I took a lot out of this conversation and I'm so appreciative that you stopped by. Uh, We got to do this again uh, because this is like you, man, I can, I have like a thousand more questions and (laughs) conversation. Like there's so much more conversation to go down.
0: You just want some free therapy. I could
1: tell. Me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I do a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, you take care of yourself, okay?
0: I will do that. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for coming on. That was uh, Pat Pearson from Stop Self-Sabotage. You guys check her out when you get a chance. Uh, And as always, thank you guys for coming and checking out the Gray Area Podcast. Uh, It's always been a pleasure. We'll catch you next time on The Flip. Until then, be kind to one another, and here's mud in your eyes. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.